Hi, this is Design Lota, the podcast about life as Indian designers. I'm Sushi and I'm Angie. We've been talking about mental health for creatives, and in part one, we discuss the external factors that affect that negatively. If that's something that interests you, do go check it out as well. In this episode, we will go into identity, imposter syndrome, and self-worth as creatives, and how that factors into our mental health, and also how you can support someone who's going through a difficult time. These topics are based on the thoughts and questions that we got from you on our Instagram. Again, thank you all for sending those in and helping us address them with a mental health expert. We were talking about how we tend to measure our worth as designers and as humans. based on how visible and groundbreaking our projects might be i must say i would ask people why they would tie all of their worth to their work mm-hmm. are they worthy even if they are not working mm-hmm. or designing all the time mm-hmm. and if human beings are inherently worthy then i bet we're already adding value um to each other by just being loving and kind mm-hmm. so the solve is in the paradox of questioning oneself and not being hammer and nail and going to add more value new value more value new value because that is a chase that will never finish like we'll never be satisfied with ourselves if we don't put milestones and reach them that's nitya who's the co-founder of heart it out an initiative committed to making mental health care accessible One of the biggest internal battles that we face as creatives is the whole imposter syndrome thing. Yeah. It's that feeling that you're a fraud, you're not good enough, uh, not qualified enough and that feeling can really paralyze you with all the insecurity and it keeps you from trying and experimenting and failing and all of that is a huge part of what the design and the art practices all about sometimes we don't feel like we can speak our mind in meetings and basically you can't show up in work and in life because of uh, imposter syndrome so i think that's really why it's such a big deal here's what jerusha an illustrator and art teacher who went through a difficult time in her mental health journey said about what this cycle of thought can do to your work so even if i did create work i didn't like it at all as an illustration um i was just like oh this isn't nice at all i feel like that's how it affects your work um in the way that like it makes you nervous to share your work or it makes you um feel like uh what what am i really doing or it gives like makes you question so many things it causes insecurity i would say so prior to going through this uh, mental health period i was super confident as a person i could talk to anybody very comfortably like communication was not ever an issue but as a freelancer uh, i needed to i needed that communication even now i still kind of struggle with it but i'm overcoming it i get an email and i'm like oh my gosh how do i reply to this what do i say what do i do that insecurity can cause you to question yourself so you might see an opportunity that you want to apply for but you might not even apply for that opportunity because you never feel that you're good enough for it and on the flip side when you do gather up the courage to send out the application and get selected for the opportunity you think you're not good enough and you're secretly pretending to be an expert at something you're not So there have been times when I have filled out an entire application 
and then i've not been able to hit submit because i'm like who am i kidding i'm not cut out for this kind of thing and then later i see that someone a lot less qualified than me has applied and they've got it yeah i think it's such a classic example of how like if you're not putting yourself in the game there's no way you can possibly win right so i think if i had somebody there to tell me you know it doesn't matter just go ahead and apply or go for it then maybe it would have made the world of a difference but you know what actually happens when you do ask people around you when you say i don't know if i'm really good at this um sadly they don't know about it that well either and they just want to be helpful so they'll give you unhelpful advice like maybe you can improve maybe you should learn a little more about it that kind of thing and unfortunately that's not helpful you can't blame them cuz they want what's best for you and there are very few people who will just say hey you're good at this i think you should apply and you shouldn't even think about it there's nothing to lose right maybe that's something we should practice telling ourselves more also and uh, i feel this is again a place where journaling could be really helpful if we can find a way to document how we think and feel uh, especially when we're doing various projects and also reflect on our experiences once we're done with them we'll start noticing patterns that can help us figure out what exactly we love doing what are our specific strengths and even something like maybe that's just not right for me and also good enough is usually a standard in our own head right sometimes the skills you have for a certain task is good enough we have to keep in mind that if i can't i can ask for help um and sometimes we just carry a lot of load because we think i have to figure the whole thing out and everything has to be really cool and novel and if i ask for help that means i am a bad designer right i think that's a great mindset to have it's pretty counterintuitive for most people myself included but it's so practical and also did you know that there was a study that showed that um, women typically apply for jobs only if they have nearly 100% of the credentials while men tend to apply even if they have 60% so some of the things that we got was one of the designers who said like as a woman uh, i feel like an imposter in a place where there are uh, a lot more male uh, creatives or designers that kind of imposter syndrome that uh, like i'm in a boys club basically and how do i navigate that so are there some tools that women can use in terms of how we deal with that type of a imposter syndrome it's a fight i would say the biggest skill set or something that is a biggest support system would be other women who are breaking the glass ceiling other trans folk other persons of color who are trying to do this and to derive from each other's strengths because yes we are trying to question years and years of patriarchy that has set a few things in workplaces mm-hmm. and the perpetrators may not always be aware that they're perpetrating these patriarchal values sometimes we forget that it's important that we educate the people around us that this knowledge is not freely available knowing that it's not your fault can help you come to terms with what you're facing and see it for what it actually is and when it comes to this based on my own experience i'll say this right pay attention to how 
you're being treated, right? How that makes you feel. And have a plan in place for how you'll handle those primary emotions of anger, disappointment, betrayal, whatever they are, uh, instead of letting it fester, especially if it's an ongoing pattern. For example, you can take a stand or make a decision that I'll question this and I'll do it in this way. I'll bring it up with these people or I'll take these steps to actually leave this workplace because it's toxic and biased, right? You can make a decision to go one way or another, but at least you'll know that that's your decision. And when you don't address these issues, you let them brew and that can really have adverse effects on uh, our own mental health. And it can also create that uh, feeling that we don't belong there in that organization or even in the design profession. And when you don't feel that sense of belonging uh, in any kind of organization or group or a club, that can cause more second guessing. The standards, like invisible standards, you can say, <laughs> what a designer is supposed to be like with X years of experience at this age, what you yeah. have accomplished the awards yeah. that certify that yes you know you are this award winning designer all of this comes back to the second guessing of do i belong here um also uh, is this even going anywhere there's a lot of ambiguity as it is in the creative profession so we are looking for external validation in terms of yes you belong here yes you're a designer i certify it and which certification matters, which certification is out of date now, because that's 2009. It's not, you know, current. Um, yeah, all this to say, basically, like, how do we deal with more of the self-talk of like, I don't belong here, or I'm not like the rest of them. I'm not a designer like so-and-so. Uh, it's a little bit to do with comparison, but also a lot of the internal uh, conversation we are having with ourselves. Congratulations. You're not alone in it. <laughs> Every other designer and creative and artist also considers and feels that may or may not belong there or they may, may or may not be good enough. As my business coach says, those are the only two things that we struggle with for the rest of our lives. I'm not good enough and I don't belong. Only two dogs that circle us. And the more we fight those dogs, the more they get really aggressive. I, I watched Wonder for the first time very recently. I don't know if you've seen the movie. And uh, the sister whispers in the ear of the kid, why belong when you were born to stand out mm. on his first day of school? I know that uh, these are beautiful things that we just say on Instagram, beautifully typographed. But uh, <laughs> it's important to believe it as well. If we're all unique, then we're all not going to belong in one place and we're all not going to get the stamp saying... You belong. We don't want uniformity. It's what every single creative person fights for all of their lives. <laughs> if Leonardo Di DiCaprio thought that he doesn't belong in films because he's never won an Oscar mm. for 20 years, we would have missed out on a few really good films. <laughs> and you're right. And you really hit the nail when you said we're relying on external sources to tell us that we belong. And external sources will never end up telling us that we belong unless we already believe that we belong um, are there much better psychologists than me that you could be talking to today yeah but for some strange reason you've picked to talk to me today 
and it's important that i find some value there and be grateful about this find myself some sort of belonging here and to reassure to myself that that this is great so i don't know if external resources or external validation can be the only thing that will help us feel belong sure it can also be an additional thing to further our belongingness but our belongingness should ideally very aware of a should come from ourselves right and the journey is to then find out how do i then belong or find belongingness to the community of creativity within myself like who told us that we don't belong if we don't have these kacha 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 awards uh, you know who told us that we're not good enough and how can we challenge those beliefs as creatives we do tend to give a lot of weightage to other people's approval of our work and we let that shape our identity sometimes if your entire identity is in what you do then your life stops living after you can't do what you were doing before and i i like have to keep telling myself as well that i am not my work my work isn't the only way in which i am called to my purpose there are so many other things that make me who i am and it's not just this one thing it helps to have this mindset of the practice is the output because that's all we can control uh, what we put in in terms of the work there's a quote by a sculptor elizabeth king that goes process saves us from the poverty of our intentions so these invisible standards can affect how much we think our work is worth even when we are charging a client you may always be confused about whether you're charging correctly because should i be doing this at all am i charging correctly how valuable is this work if i shouldn't be an artist then should i be an artist you know it's like it's really confusing because you're already questioning yourself or you're trying to prove yourself so you're going to your clients you're charging let's say uh, a lower amount but giving them a much better final piece of work because you're trying to say hey i'm good i am good at what i do even if i don't charge this much you're always trying to like like push that boundary and say i can do this so then what happens is you end up telling your client or you end up telling everybody else that hey i'm actually struggling with this without actually telling them and another unproductive thought pattern that fuels our feelings of low self worth and not belonging and even imposter syndrome is that need to compare ourselves with others constantly i just thought it was very interesting that we want to be unique and original but you also want to be, yeah. i want to be unique like that person unique <laughs> like <laughs> but not exactly like that person <laughs> Okay, then yeah. I'd be an imposter. Yeah. Then I'd be an imposter. So, <laughs> See how that's such a trap. Like if we actually say it out loud, we're like that is so illogical. <laughs> and then also we feed into insecurity and comparison because of our social media. It's kind of like having a building with different windows in it, and you can see everybody's life only from that window. and then you think oh man i wish i had that or oh i wish my window looked like that you always think all these things but you don't actually know the person you don't actually know what they're going through or now some people could be like that person who comes to the window and shouts out everything that they're going through in their life but you're still far away you're still not actually living with them just because they've announced it on their social media like oh hey i'm going through mental health issue or whatever it is it is you're still not walking life with them and i think that's hugely lacking in our generation 
this whole aspect of comparison right like looking at many things like how somebody else does their work or how disciplined they are or how productive they are there were some questions which made us feel like this is also something creative people go through a lot because we want to put out our work also and that's part of we always have to show our work right our portfolio and so we always get to see what others are doing and that comparison again is gone to another level with social media so yeah how do we handle <laughs> comparison by not comparing <laughs> <laughs> what a strange things for me to say <laughs> i think it's important to ask ourselves you no know, why do we compare are we comparing to learn and to be better or are we comparing to push ourselves into more despair are we comparing because we like this person's work and we would like to emulate them or are we comparing because we have been taught to be jealous and envious of each other are we comparing because that's what school said that you have to do first rank second rank third rank but that doesn't exist in in the real world like every designer is unique every artist is unique so i think again it's really important like to either get yourself a therapist or a business coach to sit and put out your thoughts and be like okay i find myself comparing myself to this person a lot uh what am i looking for maybe sometimes you're just looking for inspiration but because you don't know how to derive it it's becoming bitter and resentful but maybe it need not be like that maybe you're just looking for answers and looking for mentorship and guidance we don't know what it is that we're looking for but we're just looking in an unlimited scroll so it's important that we pause and ask ourselves what do i want from this comparison do i want to be more like alisha soza or do i just like the fact that they put out 20 designs a day or do i like the fact that they are doing quirky new things mm. what quirky new things do i want to do so i bet it's really to to pause and ask ourselves what about this person's work or this person do i admire mm. and what can i take back from it because otherwise it's a goalless comparison and that's definitely going to lead into fomo and resentment so i i like that you mentioned that as designers or as creatives each of us is very original and we have our own original unique style of work but i think often it's a pressure point uh, having to come up with something original all the time and even if we as designers know that okay this is what we are doing and this is my original work everything is at some point inspired by something else and not necessarily the same thing but also it can look like something else even if you didn't intend it to So for an outsider just because it resembles something even vaguely and they haven't taken the time to look at your work you get comments all the time about if you're doing this kind of work you should check out that person's work you know so even if you don't want to compare you're often being bombarded in this culture where everyone is on social media all the time and looking at things all the time so do we ignore these comments that we deem irrelevant because you know i know this is my work or do we work on improving our communication about what we're really trying to do with our work i think i've been guilty of doing this myself to my friends but i must say for me when i do that i'm like i'm a lay person i have no idea about design but i made the connection 
you know, between the work that you did with somebody else that I know who did the work. And I'm trying to find some mid ground because I have no idea how to talk to you about vectors and pastel colors because it's not my stuff. But I made the connection. It's probably where like some of us might be coming from, but I can see why that can be so distressful. I said this to um, a designer friend of mine and she paused me and she said, do not compare me to that person. (laughs) And I remember feeling very like, like sad and upset. Like, did I hurt her? But she did take the time out to explain to me why she didn't want to be compared though. But I guess it's also important, like how you said, what do we do at that point? You can open up dialogue. You can say to that person, hey, what do you find similar between the work that you mentioned and my work? Or what about my work reminded you of that person's work? Especially if you're talking to friends, it's okay to say, stop talking about other people's work, talk about mine. It's okay to expect that and to express that expectation. But I know that where it comes from should come from, I love my work and I'm looking for validation from this person. And to express that to that person rather than to just be like, oh, now this person compared, maybe I'm not good enough. Or to even show them, hey, look, these are the, these are the artists you compared me to. This is how my work is different. And this often also bleeds into social media where we see unsolicited and uninformed and sometimes even very toxic comments from people you don't even know tearing down your work. And Really, social media is a poor replacement for good community, unless it's used very intentionally. Uh, A community in its truest sense should provide feedback, affirmation and positive reinforcement while also challenging us to keep going and improving. And when it comes to ourselves and our work, And why have we chosen them as the community that we want to listen to? I think as a creative, it's not a necessity to have people around you, right? You may think that because the ideas are coming from your own mind, you are doing your own work. You don't have to do it with other people. But engaging with other people is really helpful because it stimulates your mind as well, right? Like talking to other creatives or listening to different solutions to a problem. All of that is uh, stuff that like, it's really good for you. So I think it's really important to uh, go meet other people so that you don't get into a rut and also you can be accountable to other people. I actually found that I'm actually more affirmed if someone I know who knows my work has given me good informed feedback. Like that part of me is actually fulfilled by that. You know how you were talking about how do then communities relate to each other? Are there three Instagram artists that you absolutely love? Please leave them a DM and say, I love this about your work. That's how you encourage and build a community. And you say, hey, I'm open to giving you feedback and I'm open to like supporting you. And you're not my competition. You are my uh, friend that I would love to like lift up. I also feel it's very important that when we look at communities, We must also sort of do the self-work of knowing our own strengths and being aware of our own weaknesses and accepting ourselves before we expect others to. For me, especially this year, it's really helped to have done some assessment tests and spoke to people about what they think I'm good at. It's really helped me know what kind of projects and activities energize me and make me feel more me. So there are so many resources online, right? There are videos, there are blogs, and there are books. But I think that no matter how much you listen to them or read about it, 
this is something we need to work out for ourselves like i am not an imposter i don't want to feel like one so this is why i also kind of approached this like a design problem and created a mind map of who i thought i was as a designer and then i circled the things which i thought i wasn't consistently good at and then asked myself what are the skills i need to bridge that gap and i made a list of those skills and while i was making that list i also realized that there are certain things i didn't want to be or i didn't want to get into so i managed to cut out a whole lot of these unreasonable expectations that i was placing on myself so when we think that in order to be a legit designer we need to have like 150 credentials but actually no so just decluttering the entire list because at some point you might have needed to pick up a skill for one segment of an assignment but that doesn't mean that you have to continue to build up that skill and become an expert at it if you don't want to so it's very important to figure out your niche even if you're a generalist type this is something i learned this year so i am a multidisciplinary sort of designer so my skills are quite transdisciplinary so but it was very useful to find out that meeting point of my skills and my strengths and once i'd figured that out i was no longer comparing myself to others but now that i've understood my own strengths and my own skills better i had created this corner which belongs to me this just reminds me of a sentence i read in a book where you know it says no one is uier than you <laughs> and it's like we're the experts at knowing uh, what it's like to be us there's also this quote by james victory this designer and he says the things that made you weird as a kid is what makes you great today and i think we should just embrace that and say hey this is what makes me special and i'm going to celebrate that uh, so i feel that is good advice to give especially to a creative person because they're in touch with that part of them right we chose this because we want to go closer to that uh, part of us we feel like that's closer to our identity when we are pursuing these things versus anything else and uh, your own unique voice is a combination of your beliefs your values your perspective all of the experiences you've had in your life and your journey as a creative is all about evolving that voice which is uniquely yours once you find your unique voice it's also important to invest in building up that unique voice so what does regular mental health care look like i was listening to this podcast and this lady was talking about how we need to build habits she said do the things you need to do to, to feel the way you want to feel which i thought was really cool and so those things could be really simple things like i could not recommend more take a walk if there's any places around you step out and just like be out of your space because that gets gets you out of your head if there's nature around you i would say like really enjoy it. even if it's just one tree like go look at it or just stand front bit or whatever do things like gardening or even with like playing with clay i think do something with your hands do something that isn't part of your work when it comes to the kind of tasks we take up uh, a lot of times we tend to put off those tasks that are important to us but they may not be urgent right some of those projects that are close to our hearts and that actually give us en- the energy uh, to keep going so i think it's important for our mental health to to have a plan for working on those projects i believe that 
that everybody's therapy is uh, their own and for some people talk therapy works for some people art therapy works for some people running marathon works a therapist is just a professional who has learnt about what can work best for you and it's just like a sounding board but i bet that a lot of people can do a lot of first responder or like first level care with themselves a great routine a great sleep routine um one of the things my dad tells me is a 30 60 90 like 30 minutes after getting up 60 minutes after coming back from work and 90 minutes before going to sleep no devices and it's hard to follow but it does really really support um mental health because now you you have so much time to read to discover yourself to engage with the people you love um in so many ways so i i think we can create wonderful strong habits for ourselves to be disciplined and take care of our mental health but it's important to recognize when it goes beyond my caring capacity that i need help and it's okay to take help and in your opinion is there any sort of sign that okay it's time to seek professional help first step is to really assess what are you feeling where is this feeling coming from and is this easily solvable in other ways like if i'm feeling lonely do i need to just call up my friend and talk to them for 15 minutes will i feel a bit better so i think step 1 is be aware of the emotions that i'm facing before i try to handle them or control them or change them or feel them to know what i'm feeling easiest way to journal every day definitely sleep if your sleep's messed up way too much if your appetite's messed up then please go to a therapist if whatever it is that you're struggling with is is not letting you function well in daily life or like really live up to your own potential then go to a therapist so i i sometimes compare therapy to like taking your car to a mechanic and i like drop this everywhere sure you can take your car to the mechanic when you had an accident and the air thingy is out but you can also take it when it's running very smoothly and he'll say sir put alloys it'll be very nice <laughs> you know uh, and a therapist can help you not just get from like minus x to zero but also help you get from zero to plus x and help you reach your potential so i'd say go to a therapist at any point of time mental health support has come a long way and we're seeing organizations reaching out in different ways to overcome stigma and making help affordable and accessible here's what nitya had to say about this i was asking my designer can you tell people how many slices of pizza it will be instead of how much cost it will be you know to to take one session and it's like one medium sized pizza per session <laughs> you know but yes that is very expensive therapy can be very very expensive it's so easy for me to say oh just come to therapy but when they do come here people realize it's going to take me 6 8 sessions and that's quite a bit of money but accessibility is hard we're trying our best to try and reduce the cost of care but it's so high for so many reasons like there are so little number of professionals that are working in the field the burnout in in my profession is just as high as the burnout in yours um so often we have to listen to our clients say so many painful um experiences that they have gone through and not provide them any closure but to just say it's a systemic problem 
Here's Naveen, co-founder of Loan Pack on destigmatizing mental health. Loan Pack has done this by taking a creative route using memes, pop culture references and by just being super relatable. The main thing is this of course the stigma surrounding mental health so people are not okay with talking about mental health or admitting they might be facing issues and things like that. And people who might actually know they are going through something they are you know not able to get any sort of help and support and even people who actually want to get help the number of professionals is really limited and it's also really expensive so being able to you know uh, provide this access to affordable mental health care is really something that needs to be done which is why we came up with a small chat support system called loan pack buddy where people can log in and sort of talk to volunteers as a basic first aid for mental health and mental health issues where you have somebody like a friend you can talk to and they can just come online chat whenever they want and just you know somebody a non judgmental safe space per se so lone pack was started by three of us and my two co-founders were my close friends and classmates from college all of us are engineers and when we started out we had absolutely no background in the anything related to mental health but all we had was a, was the passion to make a difference and we just took the plunge right now we are a sort of getting help from a lot of amazing people some of whom are from a psychology background so they just came and joined us and our team just grew like that because a lot of people wanted to help and get involved so during the time we were in college we saw a lot of our friends and classmates going through a lot of issues depression and anxiety but they did not have any sort of a support system and they themselves were mostly unaware of what was happening to them and how they could get better but it was pretty clear that it was affecting them so mm. uh, the three of us like we were brainstorming on what we could do to you know help these people so we wanted to start something which would focus on india specifically and uh, target the youth and help and create awareness about mental health and you know provide support to people who might be going through issues speaking of first responder care when it comes to mental health the family and friends of those who are facing issues need to know what support looks like we always think of the person in the issue and not necessarily the caretaker it's the same way as having somebody who has a debilitating physical illness and you have to look after them all the time right so it's kind of a, a very similar situation except there may or may not be physical implications to what they're going through always recommend a therapist but know who the therapist is then uh, the other thing is just listen if you don't know what to say but limit that listening time as well or when you are listening go stimulate yourself with something else that's positive exciting happy just to take care of yourself as well and yeah i think just do the best that you can so much of it comes from loneliness or insecurity or whatever so you just need to know that you're loved that somebody is there for you that somebody is going to listen or be there no matter what mm-hmm. whereas from your therapist i guess it's like going to a doctor versus having your family take care of you let's say your parent is constantly telling you oh you need to sleep at this time you need to wake up at this time you need to do this you need to do that it's kind of just going to be like oh please stop enough i don't want to hear that but if your doctor tells you that it's kind of a little bit different i think we can totally be a shoulder to cry on we can listen be there for venting support so i think the answer also lies in how much we are aware of ourselves 
of how much support we can provide and how well we're able to communicate that to our friends and to say this is how much i can do and listening actively is one of the nicest things we can do to just be like i don't know how to help i don't know how much struggles you're going through but i'll listen so how can we as designers participate in this whole event of making mental health more accessible i have had so much trouble finding good designers to work on mental health so please come work with with anybody we would love it we're concentrating so much on making sure that uh, our clients don't go through more domestic abuse or or support them with suicide but we would love any kind of help you'll give us so yeah please educate us like come by explain to us what a graphic designer does what a typography designer does how you can use design to help our clients build better routines how you can use design to make their um space more ergonomic for them to live in more uh, safe for them to live in whatever we love inputs and i think i'd speak for every mental health organization when i say we will never turn away a designer who wants to work with us we may not be able to afford you because we're from the social sector but we would love your input we would love to learn from you so as designers that's one way you can contribute reach out to any mental health organization that you think is doing good work and offer to add value to them feel free to make a thousand infographics about mental health and put them up on instagram we would love that so right now we are actually you know expanding our team and we are sort of looking out for visual designers who might be able to help lone pack because uh, we are trying to come up with a lot of content surrounding mental health and mental health issues to create awareness and we need the help of designers on our team who can uh, you know help us create great visuals to go with those content and be able to um, communicate our messages much better and reach a lot more people so we are looking out for volunteers who can help with visual design on our team and if you would like to work with lone pack or with heart it out we will be sharing the links through which you can get in touch with them To conclude, as we did in part 1, we'd like to leave you with some tips and mindsets from this discussion. Force yourself to see your uniqueness and build it. Plug in to a community that actually builds you up. Do the daily maintenance of investing in yourself with productive habits and helpful self-talk. Ask for help when you need it. Uh, you're not the only one who needs it and talking about it gives others permission to open up too. Hey listeners, what was your biggest personal takeaway from these discussions on mental health? We'd love your feedback. Are there any issues that we've not covered? DM us and we'll try and point you to resources and people that could help you. The transcript for this episode along with the references and resources will be available on our blog designloader.com. We'll be back with a new season of Design Loader. Have a great 2021. Until then, bye.